Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman, and for the last 30 years, I've been helping people learn to love and be loved better. Welcome to the Language of Love Sessions. This is where I get to work with you one-on-one, on air. You, my listeners, my goal in these sessions is to empower you to enjoy better relationships, both with others and with yourself, and to help you embrace how precious and sacred your body, your love life, and your sexuality really is. It's time we all become fluent in the language of love. Lily, what's on your mind? How can I help, my friend? Well, I am what I would consider a married asexual woman. And that has, as you can imagine, (laughs) a whole slew of problems attached with it. Uh, I absolutely adore my husband. Uh, He is a wonderful man. We've been together for a couple of decades. But this is an issue that obviously is going to come up. (laughs) Yeah. And so when you say you have a sexless marriage, basically. I wouldn't say that because I I make such a concerted effort. Uh, So it's not sexless. but But. For my purposes and, and from my perspective, there's no drive. There's nothing driving me other than knowing how important it is to him. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to get at. It's you who's not interested. It's me. Okay. And how long has that been going on for? How long have the two of you been together, first of all? We've been together for over two decades. Okay. And how many of those decades have, would you say you have low desire? Oh, always. My whole life. Uh-huh. And do you have any history of sexual trauma or abuse? No. Okay. And any kind of, and no one ever touching you in a way you didn't want to be touched or forcing you to be any kind of sexual when you didn't want to be? Well, you know, nothing, nothing earth shattering. There was the occasional, you know, somebody coming on to me, kissing me when I wasn't interested, things like that, but nothing, you know, nothing illegal or, or I would consider very forceful. I'm somebody that would not allow that to happen. And any kind of religious kind of sexual guilt or anything like that that you were raised with? I was raised Catholic. And of course, there's the save yourself until you're married business. Uh, my mother told me probably about 15, 20 years ago, oh, I always enjoyed my sex life. And I can remember this is going to sound kind of silly. I can remember being a little kid and, and g- getting in a drawer once and seeing the the red and black lacy under uh-huh. things. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so it's not like it was uh, something that they considered, oh, no, never do this sort of a thing. But you waited till you were married. That was the message. That was the message. Yeah. That's not yeah. what happened. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And when you have had sex, do you enjoy it? Are you able to respond? I do. Uh, sometimes it's just there's nothing. If, if it didn't occur to him to do it, it wouldn't ever occur to me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was always the case, even because I don't know. Always. I mean, how old are you now? I'm You're- a little bit. I, I'm about 60. OK, so you've been together since you were 40. We've been together longer than that. We've been married for a couple of decades. OK. And when you were younger, even in your 20s, did you notice that you had thoughts, fantasies, motivation to be sexual or has it always been kind of you don't think about it? You're not into it. Always been. I don't think about it. But, and, you know, I can remember a, a previous boyfriend kind of joking around about me saying, oh, oh, no, it's my birthday. It's Christmas. (laughs) All the excuses that he heard. But yeah. okay, And and so you can reach orgasm with your partner. You can respond when you do have sex. 
Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. Probably I would say maybe 60% of the time. Yeah. Well, that's pretty normal. I mean, I don't think it, most women good. reach, reach orgasm every time. I mean, it's nice. If you can, you know, I have to, what I would consider saying, get kind of lathered up before mm-hmm. any encounter. I have to either look, read something, you know, sexual or graphic or something in order to get myself prepared to yeah. do this. It's not something that comes naturally to me at all. Yeah. Well, the tricky thing is whether we like it or not. I don't know if you're on any kind of hormone therapy, but you, know, you are. And do you take yeah. testosterone as well as, okay. Mm-hmm. What, how do you take it? Uh, cream. Okay. It's a bioidentical hormone Good. treatment cream. Okay. And you haven't noticed any kind of boost of interest or response. And have you had your levels checked where they're right? I just did. In fact, in January and also make sure, cause a lot of doctors, unless they're an expert in this, and my hope is that if they're giving you bioidentical hormones, they're an expert in this, but the range of normal is really wide. And if you're on the lower ra- end of the range of normal, that still can be too low. Yes. She has mentioned that to me and uh, she is an MD doctor as well as an integrative medicine uh, practitioner. Okay. So what has she said? She has said that, uh, that those levels were a little bit low, but within the norm. And she, and the fact that she thought the fact that I feel really good, my weight is, is right on target. I have a tremendous amount of endless energy, which is, which is great. Yeah. But just, this is the main downside here. What I see happening with the hormonal changes, and I know this isn't what initially caused the low libido, but it certainly, you know, low libido by that, I mean, lack of thoughts, fantasies, motivation to be sex, right? So every woman basically starts to, if she's in the same relationship, she's in a brand new relationship where she's got novelty and excitement, you know, or she's having a lot of different relationships, she won't necessarily notice it the same way, (laughs) but in a committed relationship, This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Most women starting in their mid to late 30s into 40s, their testosterone is getting low enough. One of the last things to go and the last things to come back is desire, right? So you've talked about the other things that have come back with the testosterone, energy, general sense of well-being. Well, and I wouldn't even say that it has come back. It has always been, I've always had just boundless energy. Oh, um, so you haven't gotten that from the testosterone. You're just good on that. So I thought you were crediting the testosterone. No. So my guess nope. is you might need a little more testosterone. If your doctor is telling you that the levels are on the lower end of normal and you're not getting the libido benefits of it, you know, because mm-hmm. testosterone plays a huge role in physiologic desire and horniness. Mm-hmm. obviously it's not going to bypass your emotional brain if you're inhibited or right. you know, scared or have a trauma history or whatever. But that would be one place you might go if if you can bump it up under her supervision. You may see see a boost in interest. Mm-hmm. But the tricky thing is that after in a twenty year marriage, and at age sixty, even if we pumped you full of testosterone, the bottom line is that your source of motivation really does come 
for all of us, me too, and my marriage comes from, and I'm not 60 yet, but comes from a place of wanting to connect, wanting to express love in a way that's going to really land, wanting to nurture the relationship, wanting to connect on a soulful heart-based, you know, physical connected level. It doesn't necessarily come from, God, I got to get laid. You know, that energy just doesn't really happen in a long-term relationship, especially, you know, over 45 years old. It typically, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can have moments of that. And if you were, and I don't want you to leave your husband, but if you were suddenly to leave your husband and get into a relationship with like, you know, a really hot 40-year-old guy, you might find that your libido, and we do find that women's libido, you know, boosts up a little bit when they're in a brand new relationship because you have the novelty and the dopamine to support you. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about a long-term relationship. Well, it's not been the case in any relationship, new new years or anything. It's just never been there. There's never been a drive when I was in, you know, senior in high school and other girls be talking about their exploits and things. And I think I, I really don't know what they're talking about. I, you know, I can remember one friend saying to me, well, I don't know how you can stand it. I don't know how you can stand to be a virgin. And I, I just didn't get where she was coming from because it's never been a, a drive. It's never been a thing. Did you ever self-stimulate or explore on your own? Yeah, I do. And, and oddly, I do sometimes, you know, use it or lose it. Yeah, of, no, it's good for you. Yeah, yeah. Something has to strike me to remind me yeah. Of it. You know, I know this sounds, I, I know it's only like one or 2% of the population that, that identifies as asexual, but, and I'm hoping somebody listening will, re- yeah. this will resonate with them. Yeah. Well, like asexual can mean so many things. For some people, asexual means I am holding my sexuality to myself. I made this decision for some other reason, and I don't really have the drive or the need. And also, so I'm just like containing myself, right? Some people are asexual because of wounds or damage or anxieties or other things. And some people, you know, we have to be careful. I'm always careful with titles or labels, but I think what you, in your case, what you call asexual just means that the way that your brain works, you're not particularly physically driven, yes. you, you understand and experience the emotional benefits of sex, right? I kind of wanted to talk to you about that too, because I feel there's a disconnect with the emotions and, you know, he and I get along so well in every other aspect. Uh, best friends uh, talk all the time. No problem there. I have a disconnect with, with the emotional and, you know, I, I hear about it, soulmates and uh, a soulful experience. I don't have that with sex. So what, what happens when you have sex? What do you experience? Well, this is going to sound terrible. Kind of a countdown, like when this yeah. is done, then I have another week. I have another couple of weeks. Uh, and, and I don't no, like that. That doesn't sound terrible. That sounds normal for someone who doesn't have interest. I mean, that's, really, yeah. yeah. So don't feel bad about that. Yeah. And God bless you that you're nurturing your relationship like this. Cause a lot of women and men who have low desire, you know, just totally check out and are like, screw you. Like, I don't oh, want to. No. Right. I would never do that. And I get so much valuable information from your uh, podcasts and things about how men feel about sex yeah. and, I use that because I don't know. Clearly, I don't know that. Yeah. And I have used a lot of things that you have said and really take them to heart to try to mend this bridge that we have. I mean, my husband's very well aware of how this is. Do you stay in your body when you're having sex or do you go somewhere else? 
That's a really good question. I try to, but yes, you're right. I do find myself, you know, I wouldn't say I'm counting the tiles on the ceiling or anything, but, but yeah, I, I find myself, like I say, kind of waiting. This will be over soon. And have you ever explored anything with a sex therapist together? Have you ever tried sex therapy? I live in a very small area and I found a, a therapist that was 175 miles away that was highly recommended. I went down and spoke to her. She felt she could help me. I went down for my second appointment. I got about 80 miles in. I got a call saying she had to pick her daughter up from school. <laughs> and I just, I, I just thought this is a lot of effort for me. There's no one really in our area that I know much about. I have gone to uh, counselors just for my own you know, yeah. personal benefit, but That's uh, when different. I brought this, it is, it's very different. And when I brought it up, they didn't feel qualified. And I appreciate them telling me that they didn't feel qualified. Yeah. I mean, to me, if I were seeing you in my office, let's say, I mean, this is how I think about things, right? What would I do with mm -hmm. you? Because <laughs> that's where I get my advice. I sort of put that. I know this is repetition for you, but I'm saying this for everyone who's relating to this situation. And there are many of them. So one, you want to make sure your hormones physiologically, you have the physiologic underpinning to want to have sex. So you have to, it can't, if it's painful, if you're having dryness, if you're having difficulty responding, if you have definitely make sure your hormones are where they should be. You're doing that right. You got to right. see, that's exactly what I want you to do is go see someone who specializes in bioidentical hormones right. and make sure physiologically there's nothing standing in the way, right? Because we have to rule that out or else we're mm -hmm. hitting, banging our head against a wall. And right. then we have to look at, so there's always medical aspects, emotional aspects, and relational aspects all interacting with one another in a very nonlinear way, right? So you have the medical aspects, which I just talked about. Then there are the emotional aspects where so that's why I was asking you those questions. If there's a history of trauma or abuse or abandonment or shame around sex or inhibitions around sex, that's going to cause a disconnect, a lack of desire, and even a disassociation. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you can have emotional issues that are an outgrowth of the problem. And I think that's part of what's happening for you is that because for a long time you've been having sex, it's not that I want you to stop having sex. So I'm just put this caveat before I say that because you've been having sex from a place that isn't sourced from your own desire to even have sex, much less sexual desire, you have been disassociating, mm -hmm. leaving your body because you don't really want to be doing it and it's not feeling an integrity for you, right? It's not feeling in alignment. Right. So anytime we do something that our bodies don't really want, that's why I'm always talking about the full body. Yes. Right. Anytime we're doing something that our bodies don't really want to do, we sort of leave it. Mm -hmm. That's what just, you know, that's what disassociation is. We're not home anymore. We're counting the tiles. We're thinking about our to-do list. We're off somewhere else. And sometimes that's a trauma reaction. Certainly people with sexual trauma just by nature have, because it was the key to their survival was to not be in the building while it was happening, you know, emotionally in their minds right. they're off somewhere else. So they don't have to be thinking about what's happening to them. Mm -hmm. And that, that becomes a habit. And I think disassociation is secondary to your low desire, right? If you're saying you didn't have sexual trauma or abuse, so it's not a result with that. You didn't have major, you know, you were told not to have sexually marriage, but you weren't told you're a sinner. It's bad, dirty, wrong. No, no, you know? no. So you don't have that disassociate from. So I, I do believe just in this brief conversation to whatever extent and following my gut and having gone through this with thousands of people, right. I do think it's disassociation secondary to the low desire. Okay. okay. Disassociation is disassociation. 
we've got to deal with it. And to me, that's one of the key components of, because what I would want, what I want for you is I'm not trying to make you some horn dog, you know, full of, you know, full of desire. Right. right. I think that's an unrealistic expectation. Right. But what we want is for you to be able to take full ownership, right? Where you're not just having sex for him because it may, you know, because he needs it. I mean, that's part of it, but also where you can have a full experience from it mm-hmm. that is pleasurable and, and not just physically pleasurable, but that is emotionally and intellectually pleasurable. That's really key. And I, I appreciate you going down this road because I know I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Once again, back to what I would be doing with you is that I would be like as a sex in my sex therapist role, I would be taking sex off the table for a while. Okay. Just take all the pressure and the 800 pound gorilla that's always in the room with you out. Okay. And then slowly rebuilding your physical connection with deep emotional dynamics built in like communication and connection and slowly building your sex life back up, incorporating the emotional connection, the eye gazing, the slowness of it. The, I mean, do you like being cuddled? Yes. Or hand holding or nurturing, right? So all the seeds are there. It's just been disassociated from sex Mm -hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just never been, you know, it's just never been the thing. And I'm very interested to hear how I would go about doing this. I mean, what, what do you suggest? What we would want, and you can work with a sex therapist remotely. I mean, they don't have to live in your town, right? right. But, but you can work with them and I would want you to work with them as a couple mm-hmm. and they would take you through the process week by week, giving you homework assignments where you start by just doing sensual, non-sexual, non-sexually arousing, no breasts or genitals involved, sensual touch Mm -hmm. and communicating around that and making it into a romantic, communicative, loving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exercise in the same way cuddling would be, right? Or anything else. The intention is not to get aroused or be sexual. Right. And then you slowly move forward. You know, then the next phase is maybe the genital and the breast brush by, right? But I already know that your tendency is going to be, and this is where the work will be in the therapy, is that you're te- you're going to come back to the therapist and you'll be talking about how you left the building even then, right? <laughs> and then you work on that because my body tells me a lot about people and my body is telling me that there is something, and I don't even know that it's conscious because I think you've done a lot of conscious work on yourself. I have, I have. I feel like it's almost unconscious and it maybe started at a pre-conscious age for you. So it would have maybe been some sort of dynamics or something that happened even you know as early as three, but something happened where deep physical and emotional intimacy feels unsafe. Hmm. Okay. And it doesn't make sense. And I know it doesn't make sense to you. Like it's not rational and it, right. and it doesn't. But there is some way in which you leave the building mm-hmm. with that level of like, I would even be curious what would happen in this. I'm just going to full disclosure here because I try to normalize things by using myself because okay. yeah. if I'm <laughs> if I'm fucked up, we can all be fucked up. Right. <laughs> OK, right. So there was a time many, many years ago when here I am this famous sex therapist, and, you know, and I have a great sex life and a great relationship with my husband. But there was this one time, I, I don't even know why this came up. I think I was telling him that I wanted him to take a Tantra class with me. Okay. And he said, well, what are you doing a Tantra class? 
And I said, you know, well, you do soul gazing, you stare. And he's like, okay, let's do some soul gazing, you know, look into my, let's do it. And I tried it with him and I started freaking out. I could not stare into my husband's eyes for a full minute without touching him or trying to sit. And he kept saying, nope, nope. Like I could stare at someone's eyes as I'm, you know, as into his eyes as I'm stimulating him or being stimulated. You know, I can have that level of intimacy, but just to have the uh-huh. full on look into my soul and I look into yours, I got so self-conscious in front of my oh. husband. Wow. And it was okay. a real wake up call to me that like there was a level on which I was unwilling to be fully open and vulnerable and seen. Okay. And in that full level of intimacy, right? So even just staring into each other's eyes for a minute straight will flip you out, right? Or (laughs) or combining that with a physical experience of closeness, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you would start seeing in those lower stakes, less sexual scenarios that you are leaving the building, even that there's a part of you that is resistant even though you intellectually and emotionally want it, there right. is a part of you that is in resistance to having it. Okay. It doesn't feel safe having it. And that is the part of you that would be coming up as you now have taken away the noise and are slowly, incrementally building your sex life again. It would be really obvious. Okay. And then it can be addressed and processed and dealt with. Okay. So that's one route, right? Like that would be my first recommendation is that you find, and you can go to asect.org, the American Association. Yeah. And find someone even in your state. Okay. That does remote sessions. Cause now since, since COVID, everybody does Skype sessions. Everyone's gotten really comfortable with it. Listen, regardless of your sexual orientation or your gender or your relationship status, every single one of us has struggled at one point or another with a lackluster or disconnected sex life or difficulty finding the partner that we most desire. So I have designed an amazing program for you, Seven Days to Better Sex. Each day, you're going to get a video and an information packet all designed to help you jumpstart your love life. Just go to www.drlauraberman.com. And the other is to explore a Tantra class. Would you consider yourself a kind of spiritual person, intuitive person into that kind of stuff? I would say I'm an an intuitive person. I don't feel like I'm a terribly spiritual person. Yeah. Okay. Because Tantra is really interesting because it cultivates sex as a spiritual communication. Okay. Between the energies of both of you. Okay. And it's not about, yes, it is sex and it's very pleasurable and it's in fact more intense and pleasurable than your average sex, but it's really about energetically attuning to one another in the deepest of levels. And it sounds to me like you really, really love your husband. I really do. You feel super close to him in so many ways, yes. but there is this one part that for whatever reason, you can't be as close to him. hmm as you are when you're not having sex, like you yes. put up a wall, not meaning to. Yes. Yes. And so we've got to bring that wall down. So my first instinct is that it's sex therapy. But the if you don't want to do that or you can't do that, then you could probably start at least attending to this through exploring Tantra. Okay. And there are Tantra classes online and things like that. But I would re- quite frankly rather you do the sex therapy and do it together. Okay. And you will see 
say to the therapist what I've said, like, like listen back to this and say, or even send it to them, you know, <laughs> and say, use this as a way to jumpstart. So there's less spelunking for what's wrong. Right. Because I already right. know what's wrong. <laughs> so just use, use this to inform yeah. the therapist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. It does make sense. I, you know, you mentioned about sex being fun and, and enjoyable and pleasurable and whatnot. That's not how I feel about it. That it doesn't, it's not fun for right. me. It, I know. It's a job. It's a task. It's a, it's a dread. And it's I like hate, cleaning I the just, toilet. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, you got to you know, do it. You got to do it. It's that stupid wifely duty nonsense yeah. from no. decades ago, you know, and I, I, I hate feeling this way. Right. And I also, I also want to throw in to you that I'm wondering if there may be a bit of a physiological component for me. Are you familiar with Dr. Ronald Hoffman in New York? No. He has written a book about mitral valve prolapse and that in it being more of a wiring issue than an actual mm. heart issue. And I have, a, I read his book. I have a lot of uh, the things that he discusses in that book uh, from a pectus excavatum in the chest to uh, phobias and all kinds of things. I don't know if that has anything to do with this or not. I thought I'd throw it in there just so you had some. Yeah, it might, it might, but but it, that all of this can be counteracted, right? Like that's almost why I would say, I don't want you to take sex off the table on your own okay. because then it's never going to come back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you, no, like, that's right. I don't think that's helpful. Yeah. But I think in the context of therapy, stopping the cycle where you are consistently acting against your instincts. Right. That's you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what's happening. That is not helping. I mean, it's sustaining no. the connection between you a little bit, but Correct. it's also doing more harm to the problem. You know what I mean? It's making the problem worse Yep. because it's making it less and less safe. Yes. Right. So I don't think it would help your relationship unless you're getting into sex therapy. Like I want you to stop having sex in the context of sex therapy and have the sex therapist help you get back to it on a platform of empowered, body-centered, individual and mutual connection. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah? it does. does. Because otherwise you're, while I love the intention and I do think it's so important when I give that advice to people that you heard me give, which is men who have a healthy libido acquire that sense of emotional closeness through sex that we typically get women through talking, kissing, cuddling, that kind of thing they get through sex. So when you withhold sex from them, it's like them refusing to hold your hand or, mm-hmm. you know, share with your, you know, so it, it feels like a real disconnect for them. So I love that you listen to that, but at the same time, if it is something that is re-traumatizing you in a way again and again, right? Or because what, what typically we would want to happen and what typically happens when I say to people, even if you'd rather be doing something else, have sex, is that at some point, maybe not in the very beginning, they're thinking, oh shit, I wish I could watch the next episode of Tiny Beautiful Things or you know whatever's <laughs> new yeah. on Netflix, right? Right. Or doing something else on my to-do list. Once we get started, you get into it, you feel really good about it, you have a great time. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, we should do this more often. Like those are the people for whom just do it is a positive up cycle, right? Oh, for right, someone right. like you, just do it accidentally keeps telling your body this, you know, no, bye-bye. I don't want to be here. This I'm making, I'm feeling forced. 
Right. It's feeling forced, even though I'm the one forcing myself. It's feeling forced. Yep. You've again hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So good news is you can resolve this. Okay. Okay. And I think you're going to resolve it emotionally and energetically. I think that's, I mean, it may be a mitra valve thing, but I think in terms of the physiological factors of, of sex itself, blood flow, lubrication, hormones, supporting desire and response, you've got that covered, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can respond. Mm-hmm. This is more, in my mind, a disassociation thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think it is. I, I, is there anything and that can be attended to? Yeah. Is there anything in the interim uh, that I can do uh, on my own before I, as I'm searching for someone to help us? Yeah. I don't want you to put too many roadblocks in the way of getting the help. Okay. So I want you to do that quickly and you should be able to find someone. Look okay. for someone who's, you know, certified and ideally not, you know, a, a sex therapist and a couples therapist. Although the good news is that you guys have a real, you know, we, the, Often you have to like get the couple on the same page, even emotionally before you can get, you know, because they're furious at each other and not supporting each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have that, which is great. We don't have that. But in the meantime, I would say, I don't want to tell you to stop having sex, but I would say you could slow it down, right? Like you could um, maybe do it twice a month rather than every week. If he's going to be, you know, if that's not going to cause a huge relationship crisis, before you have sex, that you're not just focusing on getting yourself aroused. This might be a really helpful experiment for you. Like even think about it since we're not going to snap our fingers and get you not disassociating. Let's work with the disassociation. Okay. 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 Let's see what happens if you make sex a little bit of an experiment. Okay. Right. So before you have sex, I want you to do the grounding meditation on my website. If you go to drlauraberman.com and you click on the quantum love page okay, and you look under meditations, find the grounding meditation. And it's a really quick, but beautiful for bringing you into your body. Okay. Because as soon as you think about having sex, you're gone. You're right. So see what happens and, say, and make the commitment. I'm not focusing on responding. I'm not focusing on having a certain kind of experience. My goal with this sexual encounter is to ground beforehand, get back into my body and do my best to stay there and be, that is my agenda during this sexual experience. Okay. Stay in my body. Okay. There's no judgment when you don't, but now you're starting to build conscious awareness of what's happening during sex and when it's happening and how you're leaving and what it feels like once you're in your body to leave your body. And can you bring yourself back in, mm-hmm. in the middle of it? Right. Mm-hmm. So just start playing with that a little bit. Okay. First step would be just to see if you can stay in your body during sex for the whole encounter. Can you expand upon that just a little bit by what you mean by staying within your body? I, I know we're talking about disassociation. Yeah. That's what disassociation is, is leaving your body. You're no longer aware of really of what you're feeling, of what you're. All right, let's just do it real quick right now. Okay. Grounding. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Close your eyes. I'm going to tell you first what's going to happen. You're going to take some really deep breaths. And as you breathe deeply in through your nose, imagine a beautiful light. It can be any color. Actually, no, I want it to be red. Imagine a beautiful red light 
shining in through the top of your head, pouring into the top of your head as you breathe in. And as you hold your breath for just a beat, it fills every cell in your body with sparkling red light. And as you breathe out through your mouth, it shoots out your tailbone deep, deep, deep into the earth, anchoring you there. So just take a like two really deep breaths like that, just for an experiment. In comes the light through the top of your head, filling every cell in your body, breathing out, out your tailbone, deep, deep, deep into the earth. One more like that. Okay, and then with your eyes closed, just stay where you are and notice, do you feel anything different in your body? Do you feel a settling or a heaviness or a presence of yourself in your body? I I wouldn't say a heaviness. I, I feel a settling, like you said. Yeah, that's what it feels like to be in your body. Okay, okay. Okay. I get you. (laughs) Right. So when we are in our thoughts and you're going to notice it's like meditation, you know, when you try to meditate and all of a sudden you realize you've been thinking about work for the past five minutes. Oh, and you know, I'm I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. I am. You're not terrible at it. You're just a disassociator. (laughs) Oh, you're right. You're right. I've never heard that expression before. This is so interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. And I, you know, I get that way too, especially when old trauma comes up, you know, or is being triggered. I get really, really disassociated too. We all do that. And I think our society almost encourages it, but we have to learn what it feels like not to be disassociated in order not to disassociate. Right. Gotcha. And to be fully in your body also means that you're going to notice all of a sudden that you've been thinking about the tiles of this, you know, or something else during sex, mm-hmm. right? right? No judgment, just coming back to awareness. And you're okay. just putting all of your conscious attention. How does it feel where he's touching me right now? How does it physically feel to have his penis inside me? How does the heaviness of his chest feel on mine or where whatever position you're on? Like really attuning to your senses with mm-hmm. no agenda, not like, oh, am I aroused? Am I getting close? Am I having orgasm? Whatever. It's not about this exercise. It's not about that. This is about like staying present with yourself with the sensations in your body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not leaving it and going mm-hmm. off to the clouds somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because that's been your default position and it'll be, give you a lot of really, without judgment, there's nothing wrong, bad, or there's no expectation but it will help you start becoming aware of how much you're not in the building when you're having sex, right? Okay, right. I would just do that to start to get curious. And then the other thing you can also play with is if you read my book, and I have a course coming out relatively soon on quantum sex, but if you read my book, Quantum Love, and you check out the quantum sex chapter, Okay. Are a lot of really cool exercises in there that are that do a lot of grounding just by nature of them, but also help you physiologically start attuning to the energy of arousal inside yourself, right? So even like just as an example, when you are having sex with your husband, let me just ask you, like, what's your typical position for sex? Oh, a typical uh not, not really, although it, when there were days when there was less lubrication or something, uh, him behind me uh-huh. would be a more comfortable position. Okay. We mix it up a little bit, so okay. I wouldn't say there's a typical, but often it goes to that. 
Okay, so the next time you're face to face or in missionary position, whatever position you're in, if you're face to face, just play with this in your awareness. Once again, it's a way to bridge from disassociation to being present. So this bridge would be being aware of the fact that for the masculine, and this isn't just men, but let's just say in your case for a man, they receive sexual energy through their genitals and share it through their hearts. And the feminine, or in your case, a woman, receives energy through their heart and shares it through their genitals. Okay. So the next time you are facing him in any kind of position, imagine, because where attention goes, energy flows, imagine sending him all sorts of love. And you can, I even, you can even imagine it as like a beautiful pink sparkly light. Mm-hmm. of love and connection that you are sending into his genitals from yours and you imagine it going up to his chest to his heart center and then coming out his heart into yours and dropping down into your genitals and going back into his and going up into his heart and out his heart into yours and Im- visualize that energy circling right now this is The reason I say it's a way to bridge the disassociation is that you are, to a certain extent, disassociating, right? Because now you're not thinking about the moment, you're thinking about the energy, but Mm -hmm. you are also very in your body as you are doing this, which is what I want you to be, right? So that's another thing you can try, grounding. And I feel like you're not in your body a lot, (laughs) not just during sex, right? So I would ground a lot. Like I would put little sticky notes around and just do it. I mean, I do that too all the time. I'm constantly grounding myself because our default is to be up in our intellect or up in our heads and not really home in our bodies. So if you just get in the habit of taking a few deep breaths like that and coming back into yourself, it will get easier and easier. And then before sex, definitely do it Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And you can combine both of those, right? Just kind of instead of just leaving the building, experiment a little bit. Okay. You know, okay. and that's that's an interim bridge between disassociating and being, you know, fully in it. Okay. Does that okay. makes sense? It it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I'm looking forward to doing the reading that you're suggesting and, and finding a good therapist for us. So I'm really looking forward to that. I, again, it's a great relationship that we have. Uh, it, yeah. it's we're not we're not going anywhere. And but I, I want this to be better. I want to heal this and, and make it a, 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 a total, you know, round, yeah. well-rounded relationship. That's beautiful. Well, I applaud you for being willing to ask the question that millions of people have. And I know you're helping many others along with getting the help for yourself. So thank you for coming on. And That's what I wanted you. to do. Good. Keep us posted yeah. on how it goes. Okay. And what happens on your journey, okay? We want to hear. I will. I will. Thank All you right. so very much, Dr. Berman. I really appreciate the time. You're very welcome. <laughs>